you know, one of the things that we hear, because you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, the, the benefit for smaller companies and larger companies. And, you know, we talked about the smaller companies, all the administrative work is done. So they don't have to hire somebody when they're fresh out of the gates and they can't afford to hire somebody in the office right now. So it buys them time to kind of accumulate the profitability so they can hire somebody when it's the right time. And then for larger companies, when we have a hundred technicians, you know, the problem is that, that we have seen through, through many years of personal experience and working with all these other contractors is that usually when we get to having 30 technicians in the field mm-hmm. or even less, what happens is the administrative wages will continue to climb at a very yeah. quick rate. And sometimes it becomes balanced with field staff. Mm-hmm. That's when you throw away your profit as a business yep. because there are certain percentages and ratios that you should be within as a company to remain profitable. Yep. So what we're doing is because in in most companies, they hire somebody to manage the maintenance agreements. They have somebody do purchasing. They have somebody do, and it's like one person for one little task. Yeah, right. And with Thermograde, what happens is, you know, managing maintenance agreements and all those other administrative tasks, they're done automatically. So you don't need to keep hiring people to manage those jobs. And just to give you an idea, like maintenance agreements, you know, that was number two pain point for me mm-hmm. as, as general manager, because we had like thousands of agreements that we didn't fulfill at mm-hmm. the end of the year. And we knew we couldn't do it. Right. And one of our core values is, you know, integrity. So you got to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what we did is most softwares, when you sell a maintenance agreement, you need to attach it to the client. You need to set your visit dates. You need to create a subscription. Then you need to batch your payments. And then, you know, you have an accounting software, maybe QuickBooks, where you have to have a subscription created there. And then you got to go in and click a button to receive the payments every month. And you have thousands of memberships. That's why you need one person to manage just that one task. But in Thermogrid, what we've done is made it where those things are, you know, you have to do them. Mm-hmm. And that's what thermal grid's about. If you know you have to do something every time, why not just make it automatic? Yes. So when we attach that maintenance agreement to the client, it pre-schedules the visit dates. It automatically creates a subscription. It automatically charges their card or the bank account. It automatically batches the payments. It automatically sends over a sales receipt to QuickBooks as the payment received. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't receive, it automatically emails you that the payment didn't clear and and it doesn't send it through. So it's one step in managing yeah, maintenance agreements. That's amazing. So with the QuickBooks, is it a two-way communication or is it a one-way communication with QuickBooks? It's it's actually two-way communication and every client has a unique identifier. So it doesn't duplicate clients or anything like that. Sweet. So it keeps the accounting clean, which all the accounting individuals <laughs> that, that would hear this would be like, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, Journal Because entries. that's their nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, we have two-way communication. You can actually sync an invoice multiple times from Thermogrid and Ooh. it makes it where you don't need multiple people in an accounting software. Yeah. You can have one person in there, everything's done from Thermogrid. It allows you to do project billing, all huh. of it. That's really cool. Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Uh, today's episode is an exciting one. We're going to talk CRMs. You know, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to metrics and just data in general. I think that uh, 
in order for you to have a successful business, especially in a business that you could potentially step away from for a week and have a uh, halfway decent vacation, uh, it requires a, a good functioning, high functioning uh, CRM. So if you're just using an Excel spreadsheet, I mean, technically, you could probably do it with an Excel spreadsheet starting out, but uh, I feel like wholeheartedly you need a good uh, well-old machine and a CRM is a vital, vital part of that uh, program. So today I'm excited to have Adam Corey with uh, ThermoGrid on the show. Uh, welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and why ThermoGrid, why even having this program, um, whenever you first started with ThermoGrid, uh, was there another option out there for you to use? Yeah, so a uh, little bit about myself. I mean, I am a contractor. I have my master's license for the state of Iowa today, and, and I started out as an installer, and I was putting in furnace air conditioners, replacing them, and uh, kind of worked my way up to being a technician and then went into sales because an opportunity opened up for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, sales manager, operations manager, and general manager. And, you know, uh, with, with that kind of experience, I, you know, we were using another platform at that time. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of what caused me to create uh, ThermoGrid. And, and why we have it today is because there are certain features that, that the software didn't have and there were certain pieces that just didn't connect. So it was kind of interesting, you know, doing one function and having to redo it in other areas of the <laughs> platform. Yeah. So what I did is I, you know, it's funny you say Excel because that's where ThermoGrid started. I created uh, features in Excel and, and then it kind of bridged in the gaps of, of this platform. And then, you know, it's become, you know, the, the software it is today being a cloud-based program. So, so how long ago was it that you, um, like, I guess, when did you get in the industry? I got in in like, oh, five. And I, my progression was very similar to yours. Um, and, but I remember we were using Desco back when it was DOS based. So it was like F7, F6, F11 to go to a certain screen. I'm like, just thinking back to like, oh, the good old days when the screens were green and black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've been in the industry for uh, almost 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Perfect. So like, um, and it's funny you, you say that because back when we were in Desco, we had a coach, a business coach out of, um, out of Seattle. They're a really good program, BDR. Um, I don't currently use them, but I, I've used them in the past. And, some of the programs, the questions they would ask, we could get it from our CRM. Uh, but it was, you know, you had to like print out a bunch of sheets and then like manually click here, click there, or uh, highlight these areas and then manually count it out. And so I got into this habit of where um, every single day I would take the GPS from the vans, the technician's vans, and I would punch it into these little scorecards and I built formulas so that I could tell my gross profit per man day every single day at the end of the day or the next morning when I did it for the previous day. And so like I, I it wasn't a full blown CRM by any means. I'm not saying that, but it was, that was like my version of, okay, this is how I'm going to track profitability in the service department whenever I was a service manager. Yeah. And, and I had a very similar system. I was using uh, successware uh, okay. 21 
And, you know, the KPIs are extremely important in this industry. You have to know your metrics and your numbers Mm -hmm. and and you you need to know it daily if you want to be able to correct things. And we would spend hours every morning pulling all the reports to calculate callback ratios and average tickets in each type of department and dollars per lead and, Mm -hmm. and run rates and all of those things. I mean, it was, was, and I built this spreadsheet where we'd run all these reports and then we'd plug in the information to this report that had formulas in it to tell us the data Mm -hmm. that we really wanted. And, uh, you know, so that was probably the second feature that we created in, in thermal grid (laughs) to make it where (laughs) it would automatically give us what's called a daily management report. So I could click on any individual person or department and see uh-huh. all of the stats. There's no running reports. That's really cool. So with ThermoGrid, uh, both of us are in the HVAC industry or, or we're in the HVAC industry. And um, is it pretty specific to HVAC or can it be used in other trades? The only thing that's really specific to HVAC is we do have load calculations in it. So mm-hmm. it'll calculate room by room load calcs or floor by floor or, or a whole home by uh that's really cool uh, is one calc so you know it'll it'll even convert it to 80 percent systems to high efficiency or even you know what uh kw need for an electric air handler all that's done wow. in the system just by putting in you know the proper data from windows installation so like what is this uh 90 percent you speak of uh, like a high efficiency furnace. I mean, you were really heat pump We're in the heat pump country oh, here. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. <laughs> if I so. see if we see plastic flue pipes, uh, <laughs> service techs are like, uh, somebody's about to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to have plastic flue yeah. pipes. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so th- I think that that's, I mean. Uh, from what I've I've spoken with uh, some some people from your crew, um, that there's a lot of things that separate you from other players in this industry, uh, but that that's kind of like a game changer because, for one, most people don't do heat loads. Period. Like it, they just take out it's like for like. So you take out a system and you put another system back in this exact same, um, and you're just hoping that the builder um, did a proper heat load when they installed it. And then once you've experienced working with or working for a contractor who does new construction, then you're like, okay, so maybe they didn't do a heat load before they put this system in. So maybe it's been guesswork for the whole time. Um, so I think that that's, that's freaking awesome. The, the heat load portion of it. Now that is that a manual entry, like a, um, are, are you having, or did you bring in like, are you, ha- I guess I have a lot of technical questions on that aspect. Is it like a, um, is it something that has to be updated all the time? I, I I'm curious cause if you, if you use something like, uh, right soft or, or anything like, I feel like those are updated pretty regularly, but then I've heard of other programs that actually like use Google and like Google maps to perform heat loads. I don't know how that could be super accurate, but. I guess right. could you dive down into that just a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, when, when people are going off of, you know, Google or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. we're looking at square feet. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people do is they do the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. And we all know that there's a lot of factors that determine the size because I could have a, a 1200 square foot home and a 4,000 square foot home need the exact same size of system yep. to be, you know, functioning at their, at their peak. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we do have to account for windows and insulation and things like that. And yes, it does need to be updated because things change. I mean, if I look at the calc, uh, you know, 15 years ago, what we were using right. for formulas, it's different because we use different types of R values now in the walls and in the attic and different types of uh, windows and stuff. So it is updated and it's very easy to use. I mean, they just click add and then they choose what they're adding. Are they adding a window? And they put the dimensions in and what type of window it is. And then they add in a wall and the R value that's in the wall. And, and there's even like little cheat uh, descriptions in there that tell people, because most people maybe don't know what R13 yeah. is or yeah, yeah. You know, 24. So it kind of gives them an example of what would be considered that. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you're right. Most people don't do low calcs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I moved into a house five years ago when I moved up to the, the Dubuque area. And they, I, I told them, do a load calc. I know the industry. I know my mm -hmm. business here. They didn't do a, a heat load. And they put in a system way too small. It would not get mm -hmm. down under 75 degrees. And, and for me, that's miserable. I mean, I right. got to be like 70 or less. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and most people don't do it because they just don't know how. You know, they'll have yeah. their suppliers do it. And the problem with that is when you have it where you can't give a full quote or price to a client right there on the spot, and then you need somebody else to come in and do a load calc and then get back to them. I mean, you just cut your closing ratio in half. Yeah, so these are some of the numbers that we track in ThermoGrid of how successful people are hmm. based on the processes that they use. And it is definitely known that if you can just do everything right on the spot mm -hmm. from your load calc to all your checklist documents and then price it and get the signature and the payment on the spot, your closing ratio will be significantly higher. Cool. So I know that a lot of people are listening are going to want to know like some of the features and like the problem that I have whenever I talk to people before I do the interview is that I forget that you've told me like, Oh, that feature. Oh yeah. that Oh yeah. That I forgot about that. And then, uh, whenever I'm <clears throat> first talking to you and it's like, I, I, I don't know anything about the product. So I'm asking a million questions like a little kid. And <laughs> the, the downside is I've already spoken with Mary and I've, I've talked to her about a lot of things. And so I don't want to forget to mention anything about ThermoGrid. So could you kind of go through ThermoGrid and tell me, I guess, what, what's awesome about ThermoGrid, what makes you different, and then, um, you know, what's, what's, com what's to come with ThermoGrid? I know one thing that's really cool is QuickBooks and the, the up, updated QuickBooks and stuff like that. I didn't even know about QuickBooks doing an update until I talked to Mary. So that was cool. Yeah, there was, there was some, some pretty neat, uh, features that are there. Plus, uh, what, I mean, what, what we do is we look at, is this going to help our clients? Is it going to make them do what we stand for? I mean, thermal grid is all about being accurate. It's about being efficient and it's about being profitable. Mm -hmm. So when we look at creating new features, we're looking at how can we maximize those three areas? Because if we can do that, then we know the ROI for our clients is going to be there and they're going to grow and, and, and it's going to be good growth because there's just too many companies out there. They'll, they'll grow, you know, 40%, 50% a year and they get to be a $10 million company and there's really nothing to show on the bottom line. And yeah. that's pretty scary. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're looking at helping businesses and we have clients that are, you know, a hundred, you know, technicians to one 
technician in the field. Gotcha. And we love seeing it every year that they grow, but they keep their profitability as they grow. So really, really quick, Adam, I don't want to interrupt you, but you mentioned that you have some clients who have a hundred technicians and some that have one. Do you see a pain point with, um, clients that are too small or too large? Like, is it overwhelming if you're only a, a one man show or, um, and then do you hear people that are saying, Oh, I really need these features because they have like 50 or 75 technicians. Um, what's your feedback on that? Cause it, that's a massive difference in, in sizes of, of companies and like you, you need different structures inside of a company whenever they're two different sizes like that. Yeah. And, and part of it comes back to us, like when we train the companies, because if we were to try to train a one man show <laughs> the same way that we right, train yeah. a company that has a hundred technicians, yeah. it's, it's going to be a flop because they will get overwhelmed. They won't mm -hmm. be able to utilize all the features because they, they're just not at that place yet. But the thing that our clients like that, that are, that start out at one, they love it because they're the ones going out and doing the work. Mm -hmm. And when they do the work and they're doing all these paper invoices and stuff like this, oh, yeah. they forget to bill clients. They, mm -hmm. they don't process the payments. They, they forget to follow up on estimates that were given. You know, there's just a lot of things that fall through the cracks. And mm -hmm. then, you know, they spend 10, 12 hours a day out in the field to go home and do all the administrative work. Yeah. 10, so, 12 hours at home until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So they, once they get done with all the administrative paperwork, then they go right back out in the field. So it's this vicious cycle. And that's a beauty about, you know, thermal grid for those size of companies is that the administrative work is done. So when you, you know, have a phone call come in, mm -hmm. it pre-populates the client for you, all the history, everything. You don't even have to type it in. And then, you dispatch the job to yourself. So it's there. You actually have a calendar. It gives you reminder notifications, remind you something's coming up. And then when they add the estimate to it, the estimates there, it's tied to the job. They can pull reports on all lost opportunities or mm -hmm. all the ones that are sold, but they take the payment in the system. It's, it's just all there and tied together. But when they sell a job, it automatically creates a purchase order. It orders it all by model number, mm -hmm. uh, the, the actual price they have contracted with their supplier. Nice. It automatically creates an install task sheet. If somebody else is doing the, the work and all the notes are there, all the pictures are there automatically. What and about the service? What, what about the service side of it? Is it, um, same with that? Like, so if, yep. if, if you're ordering parts for a service, like if it's a non-stock truck item, Absolutely. Yeah. So it, that'll work exactly the same where it can create automatic purchase orders. But then we have a cool feature that, that I, I think is cool because when I became general manager, I had two major pain points that, I mean, it's like, I want to pull my hair out. One of them was managing maintenance agreements or, you know, PMs or contracts. True story. And the other one was inventory. So <laughs> what we've done, <laughs> what we've done is we've taken not only some of the basics to make it all streamlined and easy, but we've mm -hmm. taken the two biggest pain points and made them simple. So, with inventory, when you're a service technician and you go to the price book to add a part to the client's estimate, it will show them how many of each component is on their truck. Ooh. And then they add it to the invoice. And if the client actually buys it, it automatically removes it off their truck. So the count goes down and it automatically creates a restock sheet to reorder so they can keep a full truck. 
Because if we can keep the technicians in the home instead of driving to pick up parts, you're now doubling your revenue. So one of the things that this allows us to do, because you've probably seen every software company will say, oh, this is going to increase your profit. You're going to grow yep. 40% a year. Oh, we don't. We guaranteed in writing. If we will boost nice. their profits by 25% minimum, or we will refund their money. So, you know, that's, that's something that we've done because we just want to put our money where our mouth is. I mean, totally. and, and we it. know what's going to happen. So, uh, so with the, with the inventory management also, if they can see, Oh, I should have three of these turbo X capacitors on my van and you go out there and there's none on there. You're like, okay, so somebody forgot to do something somewhere along the way or somebody else is being uh, less than honest maybe or something fell out the back of a van somewhere. So, uh, and, and that's that's it. I mean, that's one of the things that makes inventory control tough is because people will, I mean, I experienced putting up a fence, you know, to, to keep people out. They would jump gates. the fence. <laughs> I mean, gates with locks on them, yeah. All, all of that. So, but by doing this inventory process, what happens is to use it on a job, you have to select it and it automatically removes it off the truck. So you know that it is one of those other areas if it's missing and if their counts are off. Yeah. So it'll even track inventory variants for the company and tell them how much each technician is off on their counts. Dang, get out of here, really? Yeah, I mean. So it, when you're, you're going through to do a scorecard or something and you're like, hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> Mr. Joe, you um have like fifty thousand dollars in inventory missing, so we're gonna need to talk about that. So yeah, it'll do the variance <laughs> on cost of the components and quantity of components as well. Because if even if you're only off by you know a hundred dollars, I yeah. mean that could be a very big quantity of you know smaller parts, and that just oh, should yeah. not happen. So how about okay? So on the inventory side, I got two questions for you. Um, uh refrigerant and wire nuts so wire nuts to me would be a consumable so okay. consumables are tagged to items in the price book so every time you go out and do a service job you're going to have i mean because there's more than just wire nuts i mean you're going to yeah. have screws you're going to have silicone you're going to have maybe shoe hey, covers that you wear yeah, all sorts yeah, of stuff yeah. so we help companies figure out what their consumable level should be for service jobs and also replacement jobs. Mm. And we have that dialed in pretty good. So this way they are accounting for all costs because those are typically things that are not charged for on a job. Mm -mm. It's not even thought about until mm -mm. the end of the year. And it's like, well, I didn't hit the profitability. I wanted, I wonder mm -hmm. why. Or you go to a supply house and you're like, what in the hell? You got $300 worth of truck stock. Like, what is that? And then you look through and it's like black gloves, shoe covers, you know, wire nuts. Oh, I ran out of glue. You're like all this other stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, everybody's had the same experiences with inventory. But, you know, inventory is maybe not a, you know, one-man shop. They're not going to jump in and do inventory. But, yeah, but even, with has, a, even with a one-man shop, like, so I have a friend of mine and we're not large, we're not much larger than a one man shop now currently because we just started uh, this new company and um, with him, like every time you turned around, he was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I have this. And then we would buy something like a fan blade. And then two days later we'd see a fan blade in his warehouse or his little storage unit. I'm like, what in the hell? We just, you just went and bought a fan blade and you have one hanging on your wall right there. He's like, yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> it's very, very common and, and it would definitely benefit every size company. Yeah, um, yeah unfortunately, not all of them do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that also. Well, let's just get started with ThermoGrid and then let's work yeah. towards the inventory management. So with the inventory management, are you able to job cost everything also and is it instantaneous? Yeah, it's all automatically created. So it brings in the cost of all the parts that were either bought for the job, pulled from inventory, and it's calculating, like if a company is larger where they pay commissions for selling projects, the commissions automatically calculate. So there's different types of structures that can be created where, you know, if they discount maybe 10%, it drops our commission a full percentage. If they go between 10 and 15%, it drops at 2%. All that's automatically calculated or they can pay by gross profit. But when you go to the job costing side, the commission's already there. It's already calculated. It's automatically in the payroll report as well. And then labor's automatically calculated in there. So if they do task pay, um, hourly, all of those things. So when they when the technicians clock in, because that's just another feature that we have, is they clock in for payroll purposes if they're hourly, and they clock in to each job for the sake of job costing. So mm-hmm. if we have three technicians on a job, it'll take their hourly rates and their total time on a job. And it automatically inserts that in the job costing. So you can compare the actual labor cost versus what you accounted for to make sure that, you know, you're, you're really accounting for labor because that is probably one of the biggest challenges as far as cost of goods sold to, mm-hmm. to manage. So what about travel time to the job? Is that also calculated into it or is that um, going to be factored somewhere else? So it depends on how the company wants to do it. Some companies, that's its own area, and mm-hmm. they will clock in and out for the sake of travel time so they can mm-hmm. see that on its own. Uh, some people, they don't account for travel time because what uh, one of the features we have is we want to know on the job time. Mm-hmm. So inside the payroll report, when you look at it, it will show that this technician was clocked into jobs for, let's say, five hours of the day, but they were clocked into the day for 10 hours. They're only 50% efficient. It calculates that for them mm-hmm. because there's certain, again, that's another metrics that we got to keep people on the job because mm-hmm. they're not making the money when they are only on the jobs for half of their work time. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, so I have two questions about that and I wonder if they become penalized because of a dispatching error that causes 30 minute travel time when they're used to having an average of six minute travel time. And then, um, I guess I've heard of people who will pay, like uh, I know a plumbing company will pay $30 on the wrench time. And then when they're not on the wrench time or, or on the job time, they pay like $10 an hour or something like that. Um, is that able to be factored? And then it, it, the, the on and off payroll time, cause that seems very complicated to me. Um, but then also the, uh, shit, what was the first thing I said? Um, so calculating the pay time, yeah, uh, because the the thing is about you know plumbing and HVAC and some of those other industries, there are very complicated pay structures that businesses implement. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. let's see how complicated <laughs> we can make this and then make it where it takes millions of administrative hours to manage. I'm one of them. That's why I say that. So I'm not, yeah. you know. Um, so 
what happens is we have it where some companies do what's called piece rate. They pay technicians yeah. a percentage of the revenue they bring in. Some do task-based pay, which means you install a thermostat, you get $10. You install yeah. a line set, you get 50 bucks. Um, well, our system's able to calculate all of that automatically. Oh, sweet. So when the technicians go out and do, let's say, their job and they're getting paid task pay, it automatically goes into payroll. But here's another thing that this does that no other platform does. When you pay task pay, legally, federally, you have to track their hours and their overtime hours mm -hmm. and minimum wage to make sure that you are legal as a business. So yeah. our system automatically accounts for their time, Ooh, minimum wage for their area, yeah. and overtime wages. And what it will do is if they're ever under, uh, they're, tell you. It, it'll actually bonus the technician up automatically to keep you oh. legal. Nice. Yeah. Because I had an, uh, I had a labor, uh, um, audits last year and that was basically the only thing that they were looking for. They were like, how many hours did they work? Um, did they get paid at least minimal wage for the hours that they were there and overtime? And I was like, Oh yeah, way past all that. And we were able to show that and they're like, okay, you're good. And yeah. And that, that's where a lot of companies struggle is just keeping track of that if they do task-based pay because I had a company that I was uh, working with quite a bit as, as far as just we're in the same group, mm -hmm. uh, like training group and stuff like that. And and uh, they were fined over $70,000 because they couldn't prove the overtime and the wages for an individual that was on task-based pay. And they knew for a fact he was over, like he was clear, he was good, Yeah, but they couldn't prove it. And, oh, that you know, sucks. So it can be really, really costly. So, you know, it's just those types of life experiences. Fortunately, I never had to deal with that personally, <laughs> yeah. but hearing that's like, okay, this is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, I've worked with a, a company that's part of uh, using Thermal Grid right now, mm -hmm. and they spent doing payroll alone, they spent three solid days calculating payroll. Yeah, And it's because of the task pay and the piece rate and filling out that spreadsheet to track overtime and everything. And they use thermal grid now and they're down to two hours. That's crazy. I have a friend that is in Virginia and they have 60 technicians, I think. Yeah. 60 technicians across multiple trades and, um, their payroll, um, lady, she has to do, I know she said two, she may have said three days where they, for payroll every week. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow. But thinking about them in particular, they had a problem at our last meeting and uh, of breaking apart departments. And so they have one tech that would do multiple trades and breaking apart their labor percentages for each department. Is that something that you could do? With yeah, yeah, it'll show. So in, in ThermoGrid, you can create as many different categories. So you can have HVAC, you can have plumbing, you can have electrical roofing, radon. Mm -hmm. You can have as many as you want. It's all customizable that way. And when a technician clocks into a job, it's it's calculating that total time. So when I go to the payroll report, there's an hours, uh, like a number on there mm -hmm. and it's clickable. So they can click into it and a window will pop up and show you mm -hmm. exactly how many hours in each department that they worked, whether it was plumbing or whether it was commercial, new construction, residential. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's all customizable and it will automatically track that as well. So you could even possibly get a break on some insurance if, uh, if you have a tech that um, may be listed as a commercial uh, HVAC person, which is a higher insurance rate. And then you can prove that they only do like 1% on commercial. 
Absolutely. You never know with insurance companies though. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess the, whenever you're talking about the, the time on job, is that something that they still have to click in? Like they have to click arrive because in the past I've had this problem where like I'll check on a technician and they're like 30 minutes into a job and it still says they're driving and they know they're like, Oh crap, I forgot to hit arrive. And it's like the next job they forgot to hit arrive. And then the next job they forgot to hit arrive. And you're like, all right, I'm not going to pay you anymore if you don't hit arrive. But then it's like, Oh, legally you have to pay you. So, <laughs> right. Unless you make them task-based pay. <laughs> right. sure. yeah, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just a, a common thing. It's kind of like, you know, how do I invoice a client if I don't create the invoice? I mean, there are certain <laughs> things that must be done yeah. and some way or another, we got to let a, the system know that we are on a job site yeah. and, because we might have multiple job sites at one location. Uh-huh. And in that's Good that's point. where some platforms that automatically clock people in by like geofencing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It clocks them into the wrong jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do have a new feature coming out though that is gonna solve that problem on nice. how you can automatically clock somebody into the job. When Does they it arrive. shock them? Like just send like bolts <laughs> of electricity to them? Well, <laughs> they actually won't even have to do anything. I mean, oh, we're, so we're we're trying to eliminate that type of a, a challenge where somebody just forgets to do something. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's always going to be something that you just have to remember to do your job, but, um, but we, we do have a, a process in place and it's all mapped out on how we're going to be able to solve the challenge, but also make it so we don't create other challenges such as logging, you know, clocking into to the yeah. wrong job. So, yeah. So, so I, have- I, my, my idea was to put this huge red um, sticker on their windshield that said, don't forget to arrive. But then it's like, then it creates, well, then they can't see to drive. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, man, I have a, just keep going with, with your stuff. Cause I have lots of other questions too. So, so um, you know, one of the things that we hear, cause you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, that the benefit for smaller companies and larger companies. And, you know, we talked about the smaller companies, all the administrative work is done. So they don't have to hire somebody when they're fresh out of the gates and they can't afford to hire somebody in the office right now. So it buys them time to kind of accumulate the profitability so they can hire somebody when it's the right time. And then for larger companies, when we have a hundred technicians, you know, the problem is that, that we have seen through, through many years of personal experience and working with all these other contractors is that, usually when we get to having 30 technicians in the field mm-hmm. or even less, what happens is the administrative wages will continue to climb at a very yeah. quick rate. And sometimes it becomes balanced with field staff. Mm-hmm. That's when you throw away your profit as a business yep. because there are certain percentages and ratios that you should be within as a company to remain profitable. Yep. So what we're doing is because in in most companies, they hire somebody to manage the maintenance agreements. They have somebody do purchasing. They have somebody do, and it's like one person for one little task. And with ThermoGrid, what happens is, you know, managing maintenance agreements and all those other administrative tasks, they're done automatically. So you don't need to keep hiring people to manage those jobs. And just to give you an idea, like maintenance agreements, you know, that was number two pain point for me mm-hmm. as, as general manager, because we had like thousands of agreements that we didn't fulfill at mm-hmm. the end of the year and we knew we couldn't do it. Right. 
and one of our core values is, you know, integrity. So you got to do the right thing. <laughs> well, so what we did is most softwares, when you sell a maintenance agreement, you need to attach it to the client. You need to set your visit dates. You need to create a subscription. Then you need to batch your payments. And then, you know, you have an accounting software, maybe QuickBooks, where you have to have a subscription created there. And then you got to go in and click a button to receive the payments every month. And you have thousands of memberships. That's why you need one person to manage just that one task. Yep. But in ThermoGrid, what we've done is made it where those things are you know you have to do them. Mm -hmm. And that's what Thermal Grid's about. If you know you have to do something every time, why not just make it automatic? Yes. So when we attach that maintenance agreement to the client, it pre-schedules the visit dates, it automatically creates a subscription, it automatically charges their card or the bank account, it automatically batches the payments, it automatically sends over a sales receipt to QuickBooks as the payment received. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't receive, it automatically emails you that the payment didn't clear and and it doesn't send it through. So it's one step in managing yeah, maintenance agreements. That's amazing. So with the QuickBooks, is it a two-way communication or is it a one-way communication with QuickBooks? It's, it's actually two-way communication and every client has a unique identifier. So it doesn't duplicate clients or anything like that. Sweet. So it keeps the accounting clean, which all the accounting individuals <laughs> that, that would hear this would be like, oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, because that's injuries. their nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, we have two-way communication. You can actually sync an invoice multiple times from ThermoGrid and Ooh. it makes it where you don't need multiple people in an accounting software. Yeah. You can have one person in there, everything's done from ThermoGrid. It allows you to do project billing, all huh. of it by doing that's, that. That's really cool. So um, with the invoices, our jobs in themselves, is there a, an ability to do multiple day jobs or do you have to create a project for that? Uh, multiple day jobs is something that we can do as well. And, and okay. you know, it's funny that, that you ask that because most softwares, you actually have to create a whole new job and some yeah. of those softwares create a whole new invoice and then uh -huh. it's kind of messy there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, in our system, if you have a job, because we know in HVAC, plumbing. Mm -hmm. We know that we have to go back to jobs. Sometimes we can't complete the install or maybe yeah. it's a holding for parts or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can create a job today. If you're going back, you know, next Thursday, you just add an additional appointment to the same job, same okay. job number, same notes, same invoice, everything. So one of the things that I think is really amazing, not only this feature, but the fact that it pops up whenever you're custom, when you're looking at the client on the dashboard is, um, the cost per equipment. So the investment that someone's made in their piece of equipment um, over the lifespan, which is freaking amazing to me. And then for it to pop up on the screen whenever you're booking the call, is that still a feature or um, tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I've noticed is some technicians, it's harder for them to make recommendations on replacement or sell. Yes. So, this is a feature that we've put in place because we feel like it's very important to just be able to give the facts. Mm -hmm. It's not about selling. It's about letting a client choose what's best for them. So when you, you know, take that phone call and the client automatically pops up, you have access to everything. You can see the type of equipment they have, model numbers, serial numbers, the warranty, mm -hmm. and it does show you the cost as well. So you can see the total dollar amount since you started working with this client that has been put in for repairs on this system. And you can just easily show them, this is how much you've spent on each piece of equipment. Do you want to look at your options or 
Yeah. BT Dubs, uh, you spent $11,000 on this 19-year-old system. Are you sure we're going to keep doing this? <laughs> you could have bought it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I mean, with other programs, you can find it if you search for it. But being front and center like that, like you said, technicians have a hard time. Sometimes some technicians have a hard time. Uh, presenting that to the client, like, Hey, look, you've spent a lot of money on this. Should we start looking at, um, you know, replacement options and, and worst case scenario, they say no. I mean, but then you're, you're at least presenting it like, Hey, this is how much you spent over the last three years or five years or 10 years, uh, on your system. Uh, and you have a, you know, a link leaking accumulator, like, um, it's not a massive expense, but it's just adding to the expenses that you, you've accrued so far. So, um, I really, I think that that feature is extremely valuable, especially if you have outbounders in the office. Um, they can also use that whenever they're calling the, the clientele also. Yeah. And we, we actually have a, a marketing program in our system as well. So we can run reports on age of equipment by type of equipment and we can do it on repair expenses as well. Like let's say we wanted to see every client, that has spent over X amount in the last year. We can run that report and we can click a button and send a campaign to all of them instantly. Wait a minute. So you have <clears throat> you have an email marketing campaign, <clears throat> sorry, within Thermogrid? Yes. Yep. So get the, out of here. The the reports are easy to pull because you know, in most areas the average life is 12 years for a system. So you can mm -hmm. do a replacement campaign, you know when you need those mm. and you can do it by cost of equipment. You can do it by clients that have never been on a maintenance agreement before and market to them. You can do it by clients that have been on a maintenance agreement, but they canceled. Mm. These are quick reports. It's literally you click a button and it tells you the data and then you choose if you want to send email marketing, text marketing, text marketing, you got to opt into for legal purposes. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so yeah, you can do it right. What about what about follow up? So like um a technician went out there and presented three options and didn't do any of them and then you can set up like a drip campaign um to follow up with them? Yeah, and one of the things that that we're working on as far as the marketing goes is we're looking for uh, uh we're actually going to be implementing automatic drip campaigns. So nice. what we would do because we have, you know, like myself and and other people in the company that have experience in this trade that have done very good at growing multiple different businesses, mm -hmm. double digit profitabilities and, and very quickly. So we kind of can help companies set mm -hmm. up these campaigns that maybe they don't know how to do marketing. Maybe they don't know who to market to, when to market to them. And uh, so what we're going to do is when we set them up, we set up a certain type of job and based on the results. So let's say we have a 12 plus opportunity mm -hmm. and we do not convert the, the appointment into an, a lead. Well, mm -hmm. it'll automatically put that client on a list and then you can have it where automatically reoccurring will send out messages to them to educate them about safety and a average life yeah. of equipment and using third-party sources. So we can give the templates that they use for the marketing mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and also how to set it all up. So they just, they just set it and they just can walk away and it'll do its thing. So mentioning the email and, and text messaging, is there a notification set up also? So like, um, like a, um, a booking notification and then like a reminder notification, email and text message that's able to be sent out. 
Absolutely. That, I mean, that's one of the most frustrating things to, especially a technician that's on task pay yeah. <laughs> is when you get to the job site and nobody's there. Right. So, uh, in, in the system, it will, uh, and you get to choose, you can set up as many notifications as you want, the types mm-hmm. of notifications, you can do it by job type, mm-hmm. all of that's customizable. But yeah, if you want to notify somebody a month ahead of time, a week ahead of two hours before, hour before okay. 30 seconds, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and then it, it'll keep notifying them. Cool. And then whenever we leave, is there a way for us to set up a follow-up? Like, um, like, um, a lot of people will integrate with someone like Pulsim or broadly that'll send like follow-up emails as far as asking for reviews. Um, but it's, it's really nice if you can like get a text message sent pretty quickly, uh, saying, Hey, how was, um, X technician, um, would you leave them a review type thing? Do you have that capability or would you need to integrate with someone like Broadly? It, it's actually the same feature as our marketing uh, program oh, cool. that we have. So we have automatic messages in our system and we have manual messages in our system. Okay. And what that means is like when we dispatch a job, for instance, some people like it to automatically remind mm-hmm. them of the appointment. They don't mm-hmm. want to have to you know, click a button to send it. So we have automatic messages, but the, the manual ones means that Maybe you don't want to send a review request to everybody <laughs> because maybe you don't know how good a job you did. Yeah. But there are certain people that you know you just went way over the top. You did yeah. a great job above and beyond. And you want to send them the message and you can do that. There's a button right on the job. You don't have mm-hmm. to hunt for it. It's just you click on the job and you send them the notification and it'll have this you know customized notification letter. It looks personal. And there's a link on there for them to just click a button and post the review for you. And what we have found as well is this way you can actually have it go to places that are meaningful. Like Google is going to help your company. And you know, some of those places, you know, having a review posted to like some sort of uh, dashboard website somewhere. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's not going to have the same impact, uh, especially on SEO and stuff like that. So that's definitely something else that, that can be done. Cool. Um, let's see. I know I got a lot more questions and stuff, but, um, the, you have the, I'm assuming you have some sort of native GPS tracking in the tablets that's used, or do you have to use like a, like a third party app for GPS tracking? That's all built into our system. So, uh, and it actually ties into the timesheets. And I think that that's one thing that's kind of a little bit unique to us as well is, when the technician clocks into their job and and to the day and things like that, it automatically geolocates them and stamps it right to the timesheet. So you can see that they were clocked in from this time to this time, but you can see where they were exactly when they clocked in and when they clocked out. Yeah, Um, that's cool. Cause like uh, I've used T sheets in the past and that was like the thing that I really loved about that. Cause you had some people that would clock in from their house and then not even leave the house for like 10 or 15 more minutes. And then like, no, sir, that's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. So all that's there and, and it, with ours, it that's actually, cool. uh, when you do the dispatching, there's a little, you know, symbol to globe and you click on that and, and it shows you where all your supply houses are located. So if you have a newer technician and they don't know which supply house is closest to oh, them, sweet. helps them kind of get to the right place. All the jobs show up and it, and it color codes every type of job. So you know mm-hmm. where your installs are at or your you know, repair jobs or maintenance jobs. Um, and then all your trucks will show up as well. Oh man. The, the worst thing in the world is having that 
that technician drive. They're literally next door to a supply house and they drive 30 minutes across town to the supply house. They, Oh, I forgot about this supply house or I never knew that supply house was there. Like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I like that. That's really cool. Um, the mobile side of things you have, uh, I think, am I correct in, in saying that you have a new app that's coming out soon? Is that correct? Yeah. So our application right now can be used on it really any, you know, halfway newer type of device, whether it's a laptop, desktop, tablet, smartphone. And the, the thing that most of our clients like about the application that we have today is that even if you're a manager and you want to do administrative stuff from your smartphone, yeah, you can log in from anywhere, anytime, do recording, do you can, you know, audit certain types of invoices. Nice. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool, but we do have a a new mobile application that's coming out that it's, it's just designed to work a little bit differently because right now we do have offline capabilities with our, with our application. So technically, you know, they, they have the best of, of all worlds, but now what we're doing with this new mobile app is we're making it where it's a no brainer on how to use the program where a technician, they just swipe from right to left. And it okay. walks them through what they need to do on their job. Nice. And 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 they they can't forget anything. It's just okay. right there. Um, and then all of the features that we have currently, we're just making it where it really doesn't matter about the internet service. I mean, ultimately we got to connect every so often at some point because you mm-hmm. need to update all the other devices. But literally, you'll be able to do anything anywhere, anytime, and doesn't matter if you have internet so or not. with that, will they have to do like a daily sync, um, like every morning to this, make sure? Yeah, the system's automatically going to do all that. Okay. So when you get in range of some sort of service, uh-huh. then it's going to push everything to, uh, uh, you know, to the server. So theoretically, I'm not saying I'd recommend this at all, but theoretically, they could take a tablet that does not have cell service and then do the work and then every so often uh, tether it to their phone um, throughout the day, like once at lunch and once in the afternoon or something. I, I, I'm not yeah. saying I recommend that at all, but that's possibility. Correct. It is. Okay. So yeah, as long as you connect on a, a Wi-Fi or a hotspot of some kind, gotcha. then it'll automatically push everything through. That's cool. I like that. That's really awesome. And that's currently, or is that is that going to be a new feature that's coming out? So the mobile application itself, uh, we have done, there's a couple other things that we're doing to get both programs to, to tie together. So okay. our, our launch date is going to be uh, uh, March 2020. Okay. So right around the corner. Yep. Awesome. Um, and there was something else that I was thinking of. As soon as you said that, I was like, man, I need to ask about that too. And of course, my flighty brain has then gone somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, it's this, this stuff here is just like, this is right up my geek alley. Like I, I, I love this stuff almost to a fault. Um, probably. And, um, the technicians on the technician side of things, uh, photographing things and putting it in there forms. That's what I was going to talk about. Boom. Uh, the forms is, is there a way to create custom forms that are mandatory to depending on certain tasks? The reason, let me preface that with, um, uh, if I have a 
water leak issue. Okay, so I'm going through, or I did go through recently, a lawsuit where a technician was called out on a service call where uh, the owner of the house, this is a rental property, we went out there and the coil that had never been maintained. This is the first time we've been there. We didn't install the system, so we were not liable for any of this stuff. But we uh, got there, it had never been maintained. It was in a closet with like cheap hardwood floors. So like all the dog hair got sucked straight up in the coils. Filters were never changed. Um, the technician said verbally, we need to pull this coil and clean it. He said, can you clean it in place? He was like, yes, I can clean it in place, but it's not going to do a great job. We did it. We only wrote down that we cleaned it in place. We didn't write down and get decline for uh, pulling and cleaning the coil. Right. Well, then the, t- uh, the coil leaked again because there was residual dirt in the, in the primary drain pan. So 21 days later, the coil leaked again. Uh, we went back out there. Uh, we have terms and conditions that kind of protected us, but we really should have had better um, paperwork involved. And now I have it set up so that if anything water related comes about, it automatically forces a technician to have this form completed and signed by the homeowner stating, you know, basically what our, our policy is on water leaks and, you know, you must have a, um, a secondary float switch installed. If you don't have one, you know, we need to get you one and, and you waive your rights to everything your whole life and your second born child. If you don't. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's kind of a, a, a big thing is just recommendations and having a client, yeah. you know, do that. So in our system, when a client, when a technician puts their, their order together in their mm-hmm. estimate or quote of, of whatever kind it is, what a lot of companies do is they do what's called an auto tag. So when they select a certain repair, it automatically brings in whatever they want to have with it. Um, such as, you know, all recommendations full circle. And we actually did a a program or training today on, on this that, you know, when the client has a dirty blower motor, well, there's a reason why it's dirty. You can't just stop at the dirty blower motor. You look at, you know, bad filtration and, Mm -hmm. you know, Bad filtration is only a piece of it as well because now you got to go back and look at the ductwork is all dirty. And then yep. the ductwork got dirty somehow. I mean, is there, you know, infiltration? So yep. so they select blower motor and all those other things pull in automatically. Mm. So it has to be recommended. And then those options stay. So if the client refuses that, they move on and they say, okay, this is a lesser option. Mm-hmm. But, you know, seeing seeing is believing. And, mm. you know, sometimes technicians go out to a home and they the, the client's not there. Mm-hmm. So it's, sometimes it's hard to kind of transfer yeah. really what's going on. So in the system, what what technicians do is they can take as many pictures as they want and they put a caption in with it and they get to choose what pictures and caption the client mm-hmm. sees and which ones are kind of hidden. If they check the box, the caption and the picture is going to be on the estimate and, and that invoice for the client so they can see it. And then there's custom documents in the system as well. And we actually provide a lot of custom documents. Mine, I have a 156-point inspection that I give people. Pretty extensive. Wow. Not everybody does that. Yeah. But this way, it's, it's, it's that the technician can't forget all the things that need to be looked at and, mm-hmm. and put the condition on there. Because even if they're terrible at sales, these job documents that we have that, that we provide, they put in the condition. It's, yeah. There's no emotion in it. Is it good? Is it 
bad or is mm-hmm. it, you know, maybe it needs to be looked at here fairly soon. And they just check the boxes and they check a box. Now the pictures, the caption, the checklist and job document, all of that attaches to the same invoice that the client receives. Yeah, so that's good. I can't forget it. Client can see it. It just, it can it almost just, sell itself too. If you have that tech that just doesn't sell and then they're like, Oh, you know, what about this? I mean, it sucks to have to have a, qu- a customer, you know, pull the cell out of a technician, but uh, that almost presents that capability. Yeah. And, and it's something that, you know, most of the companies that, that we bring through and train, we, yeah, there are some that have no problem selling. They're motivated mm-hmm. by money. That's great. <laughs> uh, but we do have some that they're, you know, their skill and, and, and the reason why they're hired is because they're extremely technical. They can fix anything. Yeah. So we just got to make sure that the client always gets the same benefit, whether it's the selling tech or it's the technical technician mm-hmm. um, where things are presented and it can be the client's choice. Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. All right. I don't want to take up too much of your time, Adam, and I appreciate everything that you've given us um, and telling us everything about Thermogrid. And there's a lot more. I know uh, I've watched the videos on YouTube, so they're really cool. Uh, <laughs> With that being said, um, if somebody wants to learn more about Thermogrid, what's the best option? Who who do they reach out to? How do they get in touch with your team? I mean, I think the best way would be to either call us directly at 1-800-592-3611, or they can visit our website, which is uh, thermogrid.org. And... The, you know, what we would typically do, because we want to make sure that, you know, our program is right for a company and mm-hmm. they know what to expect and, and they get the most out of it too. So what we'll typically do is we'll learn about their business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how long they've been in business, what kind of challenges they have, what's causing them to look for a new program and, and where they're going, what their goals are. And that's what we do when we lay out our training program to get this software implemented is have it designed to hit those checkpoints for them. Mm. We even do evaluations on businesses where we look at their profit and loss statement and and look at the number of employees they have in the office and the field. And we make those recommendations because again, we do guarantee (laughs) profitability (laughs) boost. So we have to make sure that they're going to get it. And and that's all. So um, two things really fast. What's the onboarding process? How long does it typically take? You know, with the type of guarantee that we have, you would probably think, most would probably think that it's a long process. And yeah, actually, a month or six months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because some softwares out there, it's a th- they say three months straight up. It's going to take yeah. three months. Well, mm-hmm. with, with ours, it's actually quicker the better. So mm-hmm. we work very, very hard at getting people implemented very quickly because we know that the desire to change is there right now. Yeah. And we're going to use that to help them get this all put together. So what we do is they send us their pricing from their suppliers and okay. has everything on there. We do all the work. Mm. We convert it all. We do auto tag. So this way, when they choose a air conditioner, uh, proper size line set, proper size coil, proper furnace match, everything matches together. So they don't have to look it up. Dang. And we do that setup and we can do that type of setup in, in less than a couple of days for somebody. Wow. We can import all their client information so they don't lose anything there. We can do that usually within a week. So our goal is to get somebody set up within a week to a week and a half. And then we do about a week of 
kind of boot camp training as far mm-hmm. as scheduling, dispatching, invoicing, taking payments. And, you know, those are that, that week, what we're doing is we're doing five one hour sessions and that's enough to get this implemented and wow. start using it. But we do continue to, to work with our clients and, mm-hmm. and help them implement more and more features as time goes on. And it's all included in, in what we do. So there's no extra fees for support. There's no extra fees for training. It's just oh, that's it's cool. all there. That's really awesome. That is really cool. So typically, okay. So what's typically the investment opportunity for people to do this? I mean, do y'all set up on tiers or is it like per technician or? Yeah. So we have a buyout option, which means somebody can do a oh, okay. one-time fee. And then they have no user subscriptions forever. So if they start doubling the size of employees that they have, yeah. there's no fees for those employees. So uh, that's one option that we have. The other option that we have is a monthly subscription per user. And there, there is a difference between, you know, if it's one, com- you know, one person in the company okay. or if there's a hundred people in the company. Gotcha. And then the activation that we have is an activation fee where we, uh, if they want us to take all the information and just get it done quick, like I just kind of discussed, yeah. mm-hmm. we have that activation fee to make it where we can just do all the heavy lifting for them, make Not it out. fast. Uh, and, and we do have different tiers for activation fees. If, mm. if, if they're starting from scratch, well, that's, yeah. that's pretty easy. There's right, no right. <laughs> you do that. Um, so, but that's so, um, is the, the per user, is that um, per technician or per, like, does that include office staff too? Uh, we do per login. Per login. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Just curious about that. All right, cool. Um, I think that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything that you want to add before we wrap things up? Uh, I think, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, the, the main reason, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the main reason that, that companies, you know, really, really like ThermoGrid and what it provides is they're going to go from probably four or five different platforms mm-hmm. and then ThermoGrid will do all of it. So you don't yeah. have to have separate platforms for your, you know, your phones, voice over IP, your marketing, your, your uh, price book and flat rate price book. We have flat rate included mm-hmm. in our system automatically. So yeah, we didn't even discuss to- that, but yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's another thing that's in there. Like it's, yeah, there's so much involved with your program that's really freaking amazing. I think that it's a really cool program. Yeah, I think I think what we've we've really done here is, I mean, we have a great team of individuals that really care for the clients that we work with, and and you know, I think what we did is we we really wanted to bring true meaning to the all-in-one. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people say all in one, but then you need all these other platforms. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I got trapped into that one time a long time ago, and it was like, oh yeah, we do inventory management, but you actually do it through QuickBooks. I'm like, uh, no, then you don't do it. Uh, like, yeah, uh, that really ticked me off a long time ago. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing about Thermogrid and and. <laughs> sharing a little bit about Thermogrid. There's a lot more about Thermogrid. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody has any questions listening to this episode and um, feel free to reach out, I'll, I will post uh, the number and the website in the show notes. Uh, but if you have any other questions, burning desires to uh, 
find something out pretty quick, feel free to send me an email, tersh at icebound.us, and um, I will get you connected with the right person, or if I know the answer, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, also, another short little excerpt about automation, and uh, Adam touched on this earlier, about automation being key to, to speeding processes and procedures up and uh, helping streamline your day. Uh, one of the things that I do is one of my automations is uh, an automatic email reply, an automatic email responder. So I, I typically try to only check my emails twice a day. And anybody that sends me an email, they're going to get an autoresponder that says that it's you know just that. Basically, I'm going to check my emails twice a day and I'll reply as soon as I can. And it, it limits the expectations of clients if they happen to be emailing me or you know, vendors. So they're not expecting that immediate uh, reply. So it, it helps limit expectations, but at the same time, it also uh, helps streamline your day. So you're not having to feel like you're not stuck to your phone. You're not stuck to your desktop and that, um, that email notification that pops up, you need to go check it right then. And that's another suggestion that I have. Short suggestion is turn your desktop notifications off because if you're in the zone and the desktop notification pops up, even if it's something stupid like Facebook, that's seven or seven to 10 seconds. That's just going to distract you and get you, get you all focused. So, um, Automation is key. If, if you have not ever read, if you've never picked up the book, um, Replaceable Founder um, by R. Mizell, pick up that book. It's really, really good. It ta he talks a ton about automation and streamlining your business and basically becoming um, uh, replaceable as the founder of your organization. Um, with that being said, thank you again for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians considering becoming business owners again. Uh, thank you, and we will talk to you again next week. Until then, have a great day.